But we're here, we're happy. How many of you are here and happy, amen? I said, if you're here and happy, come on, give me a better amen. Hallelujah. Woo! Are you in Philippians? Did I tell you to turn to Philippians? Turn to the book of Philippians. I want to talk to you today. I really have a message that has two titles. Uh, the one title is Confidence, A State of Being. How many of you know if you're going to walk in confidence, it's got to, you've got to be that way. You've got to stay that way. It's a state of being. Or you could say it this way, living confidently in the midst of a chaotic and confusing world. How many of you know, oh my gosh, the political scene today, it's just chaotic. I have never, I have never seen, and I'm not, a, I'm not much on politics. I'm not great. I vote and I do my part, but I have never seen anything so traumatizing to me in all my life. It's just, we need to, somebody say, we need to pray, hallelujah. That's the world we live in. And so if you put your trust in, in politics or in, in, in things and stuff, you're going to be sadly disappointed. And so today I want to come and hopefully build your confidence and help you build your confidence and be able to, in the midst of adversity, in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of confusion and chaos, be able to live a life of great confidence in God and his purpose and plan for your life. Would that be okay if I did that today? Amen. And so this morning, I want to show you a verse in Philippians. It's Philippians chapter one, verse 06. I could read it all, but I've got a lot to say. So I'll jump down in verse six. And he says this, being confident of this very thing, that he, that's the big H, Jesus, who has begun a good work in you, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I love that verse. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I love it uh, when people have confidence in what God's doing in my life. I love it, and I know the church in Philippi embrace this truth, and when you read through the epistles, and especially through uh, uh, the book of Philippians, and Paul was in jail, by the way, when he wrote this letter, uh, but he had great confidence uh, in God and his purpose and plan, had confidence in the people of God, he had confidence in his destiny and purpose, and he also had the joy of the Lord in his heart. I kind of think the two go hand in hand. Everybody smile and nod and say amen. Okay, and if you're not smiling, I can't see you. The lights are down a little bit, but look around. If somebody here is not smiling, just give them a little. Come on, brother, lighten the load here a little bit. Give us a smile today. Give your face a rest. It's a joyful letter. It's a confident letter. In fact, uh, he said, I'm so confident in, in you. I know that from the day you came into Christ until the day of Jesus, God's going to keep working on you. In fact, look at somebody around you and say, just be patient with me. God's not finished with me yet. Be patient with me. God's not finished with me yet. My wife knows that really uh, a lot about me. She knows God's not finished with me yet. Her, I test her patience from time to time. And every once in a while, she throws me a curve too. But we're all in this thing together, amen? Confidence. It's what we need in Christ. Our world is in chaos. The world around us. I have a missionary friend. We've supported Jay and Linda Threadgill in Haiti for 30-something years, and Haiti is in a state of chaos and turmoil. I don't know if you've watched the news. I just hadn't been on the news much, but uh, I see it on Facebook through my, it's just, it's in an upheaved state. Uh, and so 
The world is in trouble. The world's in chaos. And we've got to, as God's people, as my friend Jay in, in Haiti does, he doesn't put his confidence in the government. He doesn't put his confidence in the things of this world. Uh, but he does put his great confidence in Christ and being confident of this very thing. I'll say it over him today. He who began a good work in Haiti will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Listen, the plan of God uh, is not uh, uh, hingent upon how this world turns out. Amen. He's bigger than all of that. Now, Paul, in his great confidence in Christ, he has no confidence in his flesh. If you read Philippians chapter 3, he says, all of the, all of the accomplishments I've, I've had religiously, all the things that I've uh, done here in this life, he said, they're of no value to me, and I put no confidence in my flesh, in my natural life. That's not the kind of confidence we need, right? We don't need confidence. You know, there's something to be said about being confident uh, uh, when you stand up and speak and all those things. I'm talking about where you put your trust, where you lean into in the times of trouble and trauma and trial and tribulation. And, and the scripture teaches us that that's, we've got to put our confidence and our trust in the Lord and what he has done in our life. How many of you God's done some good things in your life? How many of you have been born again here today? How many of you are on your way to heaven from uh, San Antonio, Texas today? I'm telling you, you put your confidence in what he's done, you've got to be able to put your confidence in what he's doing and what he's going to do, amen? And so we've got to have that confidence. Isaiah 31 says, woe to those who go down to Egypt and rely on horses and put their trust in chariots. What's the prophet saying? You can't trust in the things of this world. Psalm 118, 8 and 9, it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. And so today I came to tell you that I, I believe God has great confidence over this church that he who has begun a good work in Destiny Church, and how old is Destiny now? Older than me? Wow. He who began a good work in Destiny Church, he who has begun a good work in you will com complete it or perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Could I just stop and say to you, Jesus is coming back again. Yeah. I, I said Jesus is coming back again. Yeah. Oh, preacher, they've been saying that forever. Yeah, and they, they, they didn't lie either. He's coming back again. <laughs> Did you know planet Earth, the shortest amount of time you'll ever live anywhere? We have a limited time, and God wants, to, wants us to live this life with great confidence in him. Paul had great God confidence. I want to just give you some thoughts from Philippians that I see about his confidence level. Paul's great God confidence, he had number one, as well as all of us should, have great God confidence in the person of Jesus Christ. I like what verse one, uh, chapter one, verse one says. It says this, Paul and Timothy, bond servants of Jesus Christ. What does that say to you? He willingly put himself as a slave under the leadership and lordship of Jesus Christ. You gotta trust somebody to do that. You gotta have great God confidence and Christ confidence to be able to say, Jesus, come on, somebody say, Jesus, Jesus. I trust you. 
And Paul said, I trust him so much that I'm going to be his slave for the rest of this time. I'm gonna serve him. I'm gonna be a bond servant to him all the days of my life. He put his trust and confidence in the person of Jesus Christ. When you read through Philippians, you see it. When he starts giving his testimony in chapter three and telling about all his accomplishments, then you see him say things like this. All those things that I accomplished, I'm counting them as nothing. And if you're a King James, a diehard, he said, I'm gonna count them all as dung. Anybody need a Greek interpretation of that word? (laughs) That I might gain Christ. He put his life on the line and he said, I, and what he's saying to this church, you can too. You can trust him. You know what I think is going to happen today? I think today there's some people in this room that are on the fence a little bit with your commitment to Christ. You're wondering, should I, should I, should I, should I go all in or should I not? Somebody here may not really even have ever trusted Christ. Today's your opportunity to do that. We're gonna pray in just a little bit. So Paul's great God confidence came through Jesus Christ. And I love, I've memorized a lot of these verses. Philippians 4, 13, I love this one. What did he say? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on, somebody just say, I can do all things. And now, if you stop right there, you'd be arrogant. But if you keep going, you're submitted. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Listen, our confidence has to come through him. Our strength has to come through him. We ought to be all in. Somebody say amen. Amen. So Paul's great God confidence came in the form of a person and his name was Jesus Christ. If you, really, if you read Philippians 2, he's basically saying, you gotta put, we, you know, we had communion today. I love that, I appreciate that so much. What he's saying in Philippians 2, you gotta have this same mind. You gotta look at Christ and see what he did for you. He paid a great price. He died and he paid a great price and he rose again so you and I too could have life. Paul put great confidence in the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. My friend, that's the only way to get to heaven. Amen. Number two, Paul put great confidence not only in the person of Jesus Christ, but in the place of prayer. This is a pretty good praying church, right? How many of you prayed today? If you didn't, just say, well. Paul put great confidence in the place of prayer. In fact, when you read through this, he starts praying for this church. He says, verse three, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy. And if you read on, you'll see that he prays for them in verse eight and nine. He said, verse nine, he said, and this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in all knowledge and discernment. And he's praying all these marvelous things for them. And then if you go on, he says, you know, he, he, they knew he was in prison. And he goes on in verse 19 and says, I know this is all gonna turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and through the supply of the Spirit, we see Paul trusting in the place of prayer. Now, this is not deep and wide, but look at your neighbor and tell them this profound statement, God answers prayer. Tell somebody, God, hey, and if you want to be Pentecostal, God answers prayer. Now, we all say that, 
But we all don't do it like we should because we're really not having confidence in the fact that God answers prayer. If you believe God answers prayer, you'd be praying a lot more. Hello. You wouldn't forget to pray. You wouldn't miss a prayer meeting because you knew God answers prayer. And, and that's where we've got to put our confidence in. Not in our capacity to get through life and to be able to figure it all out. We've got to put our confidence at the place of prayer. Now, what usually motivates us to the prayer closet? Trouble. In fact, that's not a problem. David said, in my trouble, in my distress, I cried out to the Lord. That's a good thing to do. But you know what, what motivated Paul to the place of prayer? Joy. Look what he said. He said, verse three and four, I thank my God upon chapter one, on every remembrance of you, or every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy. When's the last time you prayed in joy? Good, good. But the motivation of most people is like, oh God, if you don't get me out of this mess, oh Jesus. Most of us are prayer warriors instead of prayer warriors. We'll talk about that in a minute. But Paul was motivated by joy. I wonder why. He knew something. Now, go back 10 years before he wrote this book. You know where he was? He was in Philippi. And he, was, and he just came to Philippi. He'd, he'd got a vision. He'd got a night vision from a, a man who said, go over to, come over to Macedonia and help us. He goes to Macedonia and ends up in Philippi, which is kind of the key city of that region. He finds some praying ladies down by the river. Man, how many of you know a lot of good things happen when people pray? And they started having prayer meetings. And then Paul ends up casting the devil out of a little slave girl who, was, who her masters used her to make money through, through divining and those sorts of things. And that got him in trouble and they got thrown in jail. Paul and Silas are in jail. And what are they doing? They're praying and singing hymns of praise to God. They're praying and they're praying rightly. They're praying with joy. They're praying with happiness. They're praying with faith for goodness sake, with great God, God confidence because they know God answers prayer. And you know what happened? The first jailhouse rock. Elvis has nothing on us. And they were supernaturally delivered. The jailer gets saved. Revival breaks out. And the church in Philippi is born. Because Paul believed God answers prayer. That's why I want to encourage you today. When you pray today, when you pray to, in the morning, throw in the God confidence factor. Throw in the joy of the Lord into this thing and say, thank you, Jesus, that you hear my prayer today. Thank you, Jesus, that you're doing this in my life. Come on, somebody say amen. You gotta have the God factor. Uh, you gotta have confidence in the person of Jesus Christ. Paul had confidence in the place of prayer and he had confidence in the plan of God. He knew God was up to something. And you know what, you know what he said? He said that he's in jail. You know what he said? You know all this is actually working out for God's glory. 
All this trouble I've been going through for so long. All this pain and heartache. And oh, if you go over at, hmm, in Corinthians where he enumerates all the things he's gone through, you go, whew, no wonder he said to go to heaven's far better. <laughs> this guy had been through it. But he knew God was up to something. That's what he told him. Being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it, will finish it till the day of Jesus Christ. Look at somebody and say, God's at work in your life. I don't care what you think. He's up to something. And let me just tell you, when nothing seems to be going on, something's going on. God's at work, there's a great plan. Paul said it's all actually working out for God's good, verse 12. It's actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. God uses our pain. He uses the chaos. He uses the confusion. He uses the question marks of life to bring us through. How do we get through it? Not by fear and doubt, not by worrying and fretting, chewing our fingernails, but by putting our confidence in the person of Jesus Christ, putting our confidence at the place of prayer, putting our confidence in the plan of God for our life. You are not an accident. Amen. And he did. He said, man, it's a, I've been appointed for the gospel. I'm living under the mandate of the plan of God for my life. You're going to study Romans. You're going to hear about Romans 8 for about eight weeks here in the next few weeks. Romans 8, 28 says this. Paul said, and we know. Everyone say, and we know. You see, it's not, it's not who you know, but what you know. And we know that all things, Come on, somebody say all things. All things work together for good to those who love God and are the called according to his purpose. Man, you could preach that for about a month right there. I'm telling you, God has a plan for your life. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what kind of chaos or trouble or trial or tribulation or all the other things that we go, oh, all right, you know, oh Lord, what's up? All those things, I'm telling you, if you have Christ in your heart, if you put your trust in him, if you put your trust at the place of prayer, Put your trust in the plan of God. All those things work together for his good, for your good, for God's good, and for the glory of God to be made manifest in the earth. Whew. Paul could have thrown in the towel a long time ago. He put his confidence in the plan of God, number four. He put his confidence in a place called heaven. I don't know about you, but I'm going to heaven. I don't know when. I could have been already been there. <laughs> right, baby? I got more things to do. It's like Paul said in, in chapter one. He said, I'd rather go to heaven. It's far better. Everybody say far better. Listen, we, we cannot comprehend how much better it is to be in heaven than on planet earth. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And there's coming a day when Jesus is coming back and those who have named the name of Christ go to heaven. Paul, in fact, he said in Philippians 3, he said, let me tell you where our citizenship is. We're not citizens. I'm I'm let me appreciate that you're a citizen of the United States of America. Amen. But that's not where it ends. I'm a citizen of heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. 
were just strangers passing through. Could I, come on now. I'm on my way to heaven today from San Antonio, Texas. He says this in verse 19. He said, there are those whose destruction, whose God is their belly. He's talking about those who are lost, whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. But he said, let me tell you something. Our citizenship is in heaven. Amen. From which we all eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that we may be conformed to his glorious body. We put our confidence in the person of Jesus Christ. We put our confidence in the place of prayer. God answers prayer. We put our confidence in the plan of God. We put our confidence in a place called heaven. I don't know what you're going through. It's only temporary. Amen. Paul put his confidence also not only in a place called heaven, but in the peace of God. He was able to live and walk in peace in the middle of a chaotic, uncertain world. And he told this church, he said in Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God. Somebody say the peace of God and the peace of God. I love this. Man, he was walking in this. I know he was walking in this. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus in the middle of chaos, in the middle of crisis, in the middle of uncertainties and confusing and question marks of life you can pray you can trust you can thank him and you don't worry about it you pray about it and God will show up in the middle of it and peace will begin to be made manifest in your life that's how Paul lived his life he put his confidence in the peace of God that's why you see him in Acts 16 they're in jail I don't know what they sang it says they sang hymns they prayed and sang hymns to God. You know, they had different hymns than we have, but I just picture them going, praise God from whom all. I don't know. I don't know if they sang the doxology or not. But it worked. Amen. And then Paul could put his confidence in the provision of God. That's one of our biggies, isn't it? We wonder, is God going to really take care of me? You know, the Bible says, I once was young, now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. Paul said in Philippians 4, down close to the, oh, verse 11 and 12, he said, let me tell you something. He said, I'm not speaking in regard to need, for I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I've learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He, what he's saying is I don't, I don't care if there's not enough food in the refrigerator. God's going to take care of me. I don't care if there's not enough beans in the pot. I don't care. God's going to take care of me. God, God, I know how to abound. I know how to abase. And he said, let me just tell you about you. My God shall supply all your needs. According to the United States government, no, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory for goodness sake. Woo. Hallelujah. Woo. 
What did Jesus say about blessing and helping others? It's, we're laying up treasures in heaven. Amen. So Paul had great God confidence. He had confidence in the person of Jesus Christ, confidence in the place of prayer, confidence in the plan of God, confidence in a place called heaven. He said, man, I, look, I, I would rather be there. It'd be far better. Confidence in the peace of God, confidence in the provision of God. Now for us today, I said earlier, confidence is a state of being. We should not always be struggling in the area of our faith. It should be the state of being. That's where we all need to obtain. And I, I thought about this and I'm thinking, you know, how, how, do we, how do we build our God confidence? How, do we, how does being confident like Paul was confident, even in the middle of uncertain, uh, uncertain situations and crisis and chaos, how could he be so God confident? How can he be so happy for goodness sake? Some of us need a dose of the Holy Ghost. I've said this probably here before. Some of y'all look like you've been baptized in pickle juice. <laughs> and you think you're spiritual. That's why nobody wants to take you to lunch. <laughs> Amen. Let me tell you this. We built... We build our God confidence by choices where we just choose to trust God. Sometimes it's just a choice. How many of you know, let me back up. How many of you, be fortunate, the light's not up real good, but go ahead and be honest. How many of you made some really bad choices in life? And, and have you figured out those bad choices always have a consequence? Did you know that works the other way around? It works the other way around. If you make some good choices, it begins to impact you for the good. Are you with me? And we've got to choose. You see, God given, we have been given a gift of faith, right? It's a gift. We didn't earn it. You didn't get, hey, you didn't earn your way into the into right relationships. The Bible says, for by grace you're saved through faith. And that's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not by works, lest any man should boast. We have the gift of faith. But let me tell you something. What we do with that gift of faith, we've got to, we've got to cause it to begin to grow in our life. Yeah, it's a gift, but it must, it's given to us so we can begin to operate in it so it'll begin to grow. And the way your faith begins to grow is by making choices to trust him are you with me now here comes part two to this message and then I'll close you build your God confidence by making righteous choices Philippians 4 I'm going to show you four in fact let me just say this it is a choice I got to I got to throw this out nine times David said this in Psalms I put my trust in you it sounds like a choice to me right Everybody say, I put my trust in you. I put my trust in you. In fact, Jesus taught us this. He said, I think it's Mark. He said, in Mark 11, I think he said, hey, 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 have faith in God. Everybody say, have faith in God. That's a choice. Am I right? Am I right? If I'm right, say, you're right, Pastor. And so by the choices we make, 
we began to move into a greater God confidence than ever before. Let me give you six. Paul chose, and this is all from Philippians 4. He chose, number one, to relate. Look in Philippians 4.1. I love this guy because he loves people, all right? He's a people person. It's sad that he came to the close of his life and he didn't have many people there with him. Sometimes uh, we invest and our investment doesn't come back until we get to heaven. He said, therefore, my beloved and longed for brethren, my joy and my crown. I'm telling you, this guy, had, had, he was all in for the family of faith. He was all in. In fact, earlier in Philippians, he says, I'm long for you with all the affection I have in Christ. I'm telling you, I don't know about you, but when's the last time you got up on Sunday morning and said, whoo, baby, come on, let's go early. <laughs> I can't wait to get there, honey. Whoo, Brother Roger's gonna be there at the coffee bar. And I love that guy. I can't wait to get there and be with my friends. I know all you guys are gonna do that tomorrow night. You're gonna get off early from work. Come on, I gotta get off early because I'm going to the men's meeting. I love those guys. Give me a hug for goodness sake. I'm gonna tell you something. We are better together. You read through your Bible, you know what you're going to find out about faith? It grows when God's faithful get together. And Jesus said if you pray, let me tell you a good way to pray. You get together and you agree in prayer with somebody else. The prayer of faith, the prayer of agreement. You find somebody of like faith and you begin to build relationship with them. I'm telling you, I feel like I'm at home here today. I, got, I might just give all of you a big hug today because I love the family of faith. I like to go to church. And some of you, I know you don't always like to go to church like the boy told his mama one time, I don't want to go to church. She said, son, you got to go to church. I don't want to. Give me two good reasons why I need to go to church. She said, well, son, it's the Christian thing to do. He said, well, what's number two? She said, well, you're the pastor, for goodness sake. <laughs> I'm just being honest here today. Paul chose to relate. He chose to lay it all down. Now, if you're hanging out with the turkeys, how on earth are you going to be soaring with the eagles? Come on. It depends who you hang out with. You find people of like faith, like heart, like spirit, and you just begin to hang out with them, begin to, I'm choosing to plug into the family of faith. Amen. Number two, he chose to remain. He told this church, he said in verse one, stand fast in the Lord. Listen, the winds and the storms of life, they may blow. Troubles and traumas in our land. Hurts and pains. Fears and doubts. But he told this church, just stand fast. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. Amen. David said this in Psalm 1, he said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the path of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Uh, and, but yeah, I'm missing some of it. But He said, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree 
planted by rivers of water which yields its fruit and its season. Its leaf, leaf does not wither. And whatsoever he does prospers. Why? Because he gets a hold of God's word and he says, I'm not moving off of this. I'm not being knocked off because of little wind and storm and rain. I built my life upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. You gotta choose to relate. You gotta choose to remain. Hebrews says this, you just can't cast away your confidence because if you cast it away, you're in trouble. But if you cast not away your confidence, you have great reward. Let me tell you something, confidence is not for the good times, it's for the uncertain times. It's for the question marks of life. Choose to relate, choose to remain. He did those two. Number three, we gotta make the same choices and he chose to rejoice. He chose to read. We got we to gotta choose the same thing. You read. This is the happy letter. Thirteen times in Philippians, he says either joy or rejoice. In the middle of adverse circumstances, he sang songs. He wasn't just trying it. He had lived it. That's what he was doing in Acts 16 when he was in jail the, that time. Here he is in jail again. And he tells this church, rejoice in the Lord half the time. And again, I say rejoice. No, rejoice in the Lord. When? always I'm going to rejoice I've tried this it works I won't take time to tell you some of the heartaches of my life but I'm telling you if you just choose to sing that song it'll carry you along what song you been singing you been singing somebody done me wrong song? <laughs> Gloom, despair, and agony on me. You got to choose to rejoice. Number four, you got to choose to refuse. There's some things that you just can't let in. Not everything knocks on your door you should open the door to. Anybody got one of them little peepholes? You ain't coming in. Who are you? Paul said this in Philippians 4. He said this. Be anxious for nothing. Another translation. Don't worry about anything. Some of you worry because you can't find anything to worry about. You get worried. Man, everything's going good. <laughs> Hang on, baby. We must, we must be in for a real doozy today. Listen, if you're going to have God confidence, you just got to choose not to worry about it. How many of you ever told your spouse, don't worry about it? And I just went right over the head. <laughs> what this, that? <laughs> don't worry about it. Paul comes right up. He, gets, he becomes a nosy pepper. Now, there's a lot of Hispanic people in this room today. You must know what a nosy pepper is. As somebody that gets jalapeno business. Why are y'all laughing? That's been on Facebook for years, right? 
He gets jalapeno their business. Jalapeno, jalapeno business. He says, don't worry about anything. In other words, y'all better quit that. Now, let me just throw this out. Let me, get, let me be a nosy pepper. If you tend to the side of worry, you will never walk in the confidence of Christ. I don't know what you worry about. It's not worth worrying about. You gotta put your trust in him and don't worry about it. He gives us a prescription. He says, hey, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything with prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God will show up in your behalf. Don't worry about it. It's like pouring gasoline on the fire. So if worry comes knocking on your door, ding, oh no, they don't knock on the door. Ding dong, who is it? And you hear the, <laughs> this is your greatest fear. Open up. Not doing it. I'm not worrying about it. Everybody just, everybody raise both hands to God. I'm about done, I promise. Say, I'm not worrying about it anymore. You got to choose to refuse. Number, number five, you got to choose to rehearse some things you got to go over rather than where Paul says this, verse eight, finally, my brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are pure, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's anything virtuous, if there's anything praiseworthy, think about this stuff. Start thinking good thoughts, hallelujah. Start thinking happy thoughts. Start, hey, why? some people say you Christians are all brainwashed. Yeah, we just choose who washing on our brains. Some of us need a good brainwashing, all we're thinking about. And man, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you'll change the way you think, you can change the way you act. If you change the way you act, you can change this world for goodness sake. Amen. And you rehearse the things of God. And finally, you choose to just, as we started, just rely upon him. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Somebody here needs confidence. It's available. It's a gift. We just got to begin to build it. Let's stand together just for a moment. Give me just a few moments. And then I'll turn it right back over. Somebody here, this was your word today. I came to tell you by way of the reading of the word. We're confident of this very thing. That he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you can say, Pastor, this was a thus saith the Lord for me. I've been struggling with my God confidence. And today, I'm going to make some choices. Some right choices. I've been making wrong choices. I'm going to make some right choices today. That'll move me into God's plan and purpose for my life. And I'll build a foundation of faith in my life where I'll not be moved. If that's you, wherever you are, lift your hand. Say, that's me, Pastor. All over this room. Father, today, we thank you. I'm going to ask Dave to come, just play just for a moment. Today, Lord, as these lift up their hands, we thank you for your word that is alive and well in our hearts and lives. And today, we embrace the confidence of Christ. 
in our heart and life. We put our trust in you. We put our trust in you. And today, Lord, we ask you to forgive us for not trusting you today. We embrace you, Lord. We thank you for the confidence of Christ that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Somebody here, you're looking at something you're, gonna ha- you're going through and you said, I don't know if I can go through that. You can do all things through Christ. You can do all things through Christ. If you're here today and you're just bold enough to say, Preacher, I don't know if I'm born again. I don't know if I belong to Christ. I don't know if I've ever really put my trust in Him. To let Him be the Lord and the leader of my life, today I want to pray for you. If you're here today and that's you, I want you to pray along with all of us. We're going to pray together. We're going to ask Jesus Christ to have his way in our hearts and lives. I want everyone to pray this prayer. If you're here today and you want to know that you know that you know Christ, that you are his and he is yours and you're on your way to heaven from San Antonio, Texas, pray this prayer with me. Let's all pray it out loud together. Say, thank you, Lord Jesus for dying on a cross for us, for paying a great price with your shed blood so we could be your children. Thank you that you died for me, that you rose again so I could have a new life too. I choose to trust you today to be the Lord and the leader of my life. I give my life to you. You are now my Lord. I confess you as my Lord. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Could we give the Lord of glory some praise this morning? I trust you, Jesus. Come on, give him some glory. We trust you, Lord. And we thank you today. That what you started in us, you're going to finish it for the glory of God. Everybody love the Lord. Say amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you so much.